Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will be in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. All new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Special show we've got today. At 4.06, Mark Zumoff, the now retired TV voice of the Philadelphia 76ers, is going to join us today. He hasn't done a whole lot of public interviews since he retired, so this is huge for our show to have him on. Mark's become a good friend of the show now, so we're very fortunate and grateful that he's going to give us some time today. So that'll be at 4.06 today. Talking about his retirement that was re- that was announced about a week and a half or so ago. Didn't get a whole lot to dive into it because we were on vacation. Steve was on vacation, so we had the best of shows. So we get a chance to talk to Mark today about that at 4.06. Looking forward to that. And we've got the King today instead of tomorrow for what to watch for at 4.35. So should be a good 4 o'clock hour today. Then coming up Monday... We got Kenny Albert, fresh off his first Stanley Cup final on NBC. He's done the finals before, of course, on Westwood One, but this is his first one for NBC and for the great Doc Emmerich. So he'll join us at 4.06 as of now on Monday. Of course, we'll talk about his dad, too, retiring Marv Albert. And then Phil Steele on Tuesday. So lots of good stuff coming up the rest of this week and again into next week. Now to get to the Olympics real quick. Of course, it was announced today, no surprise, that because of the state of emergency that Japan has declared, there's now going to be no fans at all. After it was announced a couple weeks ago that local fans would be able to go at 50% capacity or no more than 10,000 fans per venue. But now there's nobody at all because of the rising the rising COVID cases there. The IOC president just got there yesterday. I knew this would probably happen in terms of just having the games itself, but I'm still holding my breath until we're watching the opening ceremonies on July 23rd. I still think they will happen. I've always thought they probably will happen, but I got to tell you, I'm 
I'm a little uneasy about how this is going to go. I really am. I just don't know if the conditions are just merit having the Olympics, uh, even though we've already delayed it a year. That's just my gut feeling. I think there's going to be some regret these games happen, but maybe it'll go, go smoothly because you have all these restrictions in place now. Hopefully that's the case, but I, I got to tell you, I'm feeling a little uneasy about this. But that's just me, Steve, about the Olympics. Well, it's not here. So, look. They get 75% of their money from broadcast rights. All the international partners, NBC. So, if they don't have it, they're going to lose 3 to $4 billion. So, they're going to have it. No fans. Okay. I just broadcast an entire football and basketball season, no fans. You do what you can to make it work. 80% of the athletes are vaccinated. 15% of the country of Japan is vaccinated. So, 80% of the athletes are vaccinated, they participate. 15% of the country is vaccinated, they don't get to go. How about that? I mean, are you going to watch? I'm going to watch, definitely. I always like to see the opening ceremony. And oh. when it comes to the Summer Olympics, I love watching basketball and I watch Dreadful. team I love watching Team USA dominate oh. every year, every time that they're in it for the most part and they should again this year. I want to see it's, some of the swimmers. I want to see the US dr- women's team do well again in soccer. The opening ceremony's dreadful. <laughs> Although I'm oh. not sure what they're going to be like this year with nobody there. Oh. I mean, it may not happen this year for me watching it, but we'll have to see. I'm going to give it a shot. Look. But as far as the sports go, yeah, I'm going to watch. El Sudaroni and I talk about this. <laughs> and I tell him every single time, I said, it's a, it's, there's a flag and people walking around a track. Whoa, oh my goodness. Everybody stop. Well, I don't know if they're going to do that this year. Yeah, they're going to walk around the track. They're doing the opening ceremony. I just wonder how wilted down it's still going to be. I mean, they'll still show it, of course. It's still going to be a big primetime thing, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. But that's... I mean, they'll they'll show it. They'll definitely show it. But I, I just... <laughs> yeah, you're an opening <laughs> ceremony hater. That's nothing to do with that. I have no interest in it. Zero. They're walking around a track in a circle. Okay? I want to see them running around the track. <laughs> like at full speed. We will see that eventually. Not on that night. No, but I I think this has got potential to be a very, very prosperous Olympic Games for Team USA all the way around. Well, the U.S. will be terrific in track. They'll be great in the pool. The wrestling team looks like it's fabulous. Um, Bruce Springsteen's daughter's an equestrian. That's right. So, you, I mean, the so, so you got people interested in the boss that are going to watch. Of course, gymnastics, too. Gymnastics is always interesting. 
It's always highly rated. Simone Biles will draw tremendous interest for the great athlete that she is, performer. He says he's a combination athlete and performer. I, you know, but the opening ceremony? What? And now they'll walk around in a circle. Let's tell you a little bit about Uruguay. No, it wasn't interested. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> like, click. Where are we going? Click. <laughs> I know you hate when I do that. I just don't have I don't have any interest in, in the the opening ceremony thing. Look, there are fireworks great. I just saw a fireworks show. No good! No good! No good! We got Mark Zoom off today at 4.05, King at 4.35. We've got Corey Geiger and Ben Jones tomorrow. Corey, on, Corey wrote a fascinating article in the Altoona Mirror. What's one of the worst things a community gets from a government? An unfunded mandate. Right? You have to do this. Oh, here's the money. Now you got to come up with it yourself. What? Uh, really? Well, Major League Baseball essentially is looking at minor league baseball with an unfunded mandate. You need to improve your parks, and here's the list that you have to put in there. But you have to pay for it. Really? So Corey and I are going to talk about that tomorrow. Uh, ben Jones and I will talk about Penn State football, recruiting, name, image, and likeness, Penn State basketball tomorrow as well. Monday, Kenny Albert, after his brilliant work on the Stanley Cup final, he'll be transitioning to Turner next year, along with Eddie Olchek. And Phil Steele on Tuesday. That's what we have coming up. And I'm going to get a hold of Tony Knopp next week with the Olympics coming up just to kind of get a read from him because we said the last time we had Tony on, which was, what, a month ago? That we'd have him on again before the Olympics. But no spectators. No spectators. Spectators, gone. What a performance. Just doesn't have the same resonance. Are you going to pipe in noise? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Boy, I hope so. It's always so much fun when you hear that. <laughs> no one really got that art during that that time period. <laughs> no. Nobody got that. I will say this. It does get to a point, though, where you... You ignore it. So you love the opening ceremony. What is it about the opening ceremony that's intriguing? I don't know. It's I just always thought it was cool. 
just to kind of well i mean the oh, fans yeah. won't be there but just to see the see the tradi- all the tradition basically i'm a traditional guy so i like to see the the torch and people carrying it from athens from last year and the, from the last place of the olympics and this, this and that i like seeing that being done the raising of the flags the national anthem of the host country i don't know i just i've always thought it was a neat, a neat atmosphere to see on tv Anybody can enjoy anything they want. I'm fine. Doesn't mean I have to. <laughs> it's just not my cup of tea. I've seen a few in, in my lifetime on TV. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, so let me get this straight. You're going to walk around in a circle and then wait. Got it. Got it. You're sitting there thinking to yourself, gee, when you boil it down like that. <laughs> I'm not going to let you ruin it. I'm ready to I'm enjoy here, it. I'm not here to ruin it. <laughs> I'm not here to ruin it. Seriously, I'm not here to ruin it. No, 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 no. No, you enjoy it all you want. I'm going to go out and have fun. <laughs> I mean, I'll, you know, I'll start. Yeah, I'll watch some things. You know, part of it too is I'm going to have baseball games on certain nights too. I won't be able to see it anyway. But I'm trying to think of the what's the 23rd is the opening ceremony. I think I've got a game that night. That's correct. Yeah, it is the 23rd. Let's see. Spike's official team info. Come on, let's go, 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 move, move, move. Come on, come on. I expect faster today. I, I expect faster internet. That's what I expect. <laughs> Don't we all we get things that years ago are like, hey, this is awesome. Let's go out and move. It's too slow. <laughs> Let's see here. 23rd of July. Oh, free at last, free at last. <laughs> I got a game. All right. <laughs> get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. <laughs> I am now freed up. My life is good. <laughs> I'd love to watch the opening ceremonies, Matt, but I got a game that night. <laughs> we'll take a break. Back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Seconds. Puck pins in the corner to the right of Vasilevsky. Comes out in front. It is cleared as time winds down here in Tampa. Five seconds remaining. Puck 
Stanley Cup. The brilliant work of Kenny Albert. He'll join us on Monday. Go ahead. Tell everybody what I told you about the opening ceremonies. Go ahead. <laughs> I conveniently forgot that I am scheduled to come to be the, to do the show with you in person in the Sunbury Motor Studio that day. And we, then we have a family outing with Lisa's side of the family afterwards, so I conveniently forgot all that. So I may not be able to watch most of this either. You act as if I never pay attention to your life. <laughs> I have a better handle on it than you do. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Whoops. Lisa's at home right now shaking her head. <laughs> oh, Steve knows. You forgot. It's her family, right? It is her family, yes. But she's excited to make the trip out, too, as well, and see the studio and have you meet the boys. Oh, no, that'll be a blast. That's great. Have Kathy meet the boys, too? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you guys are probably going to be the highlight of the trip. All right, so... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I may actually get to see the king tomorrow morning. Oh. That's right. Yeah. Well, I actually get a chance to see him tomorrow. So if he's home, I don't know. Well, that'd be good. I'm sure it's been a while. See, when's the last time I saw him? Um, Boy, when's the last time I saw my brother? Boy. Guess it has been a while. <laughs> Well, no, because obviously last year we couldn't. All uh, right. Last year we couldn't. Um, Probably when you made the trip up northeast last. It's got to be. I think I popped in. I think it may have been a year. I think I popped in and saw him briefly. Because Kathy had to go see her mom. Yeah. We'll have to ask him then. Yeah, when's the last? I think the last time I saw him was a year ago. I think during the pandemic, I did see him once. Hmm, that's a good question. He seems happier. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. The best. Fabulous pre-owned inventory, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Now that we've straightened out your travel plans for the Olympics... 
Yes, for the opening ceremony. And you mentioned something in passing. I remembered it. All right. You should, <laughs> you should feel good. I do. The fact that you have no idea what you're doing with your own life is another concern. But I mean, that's a. <laughs> Meanwhile, locked in watching every second will be the suit. And he'll be wagering suit coin on events. S U I T, that spells suit da! AKA, no risk. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no risk for him. For college football fans, as I mentioned yesterday, name, image, and likeness fades to the will fade to the background for them if it hasn't already started doing so. Yeah, there'll be a deal that comes up once in a while that people go, "Whoa, okay." And that'll happen. It's fine. But it's going to be what happens on the field once they get back to playing the game. It's going to be going to the stadium. It's going to be a part, being a part of those weekly events at Beaver Stadium. The tailgating, the game, post-game, things like that. That will, again, return to center stage. And that's what they'll care about. And... When you look at the college football playoff, that'll be the next element that'll be discussed that will affect the fans. Name, image, and likeness does not affect the fans. It affects the student-athletes and can potentially affect recruiting, which, of course, indirectly affects the fans. But it's the games, the chance to get to a playoff, that affects the fans. Because of that, when it gets to decision time on that, and right now 2023 appears to be the potential target to start, you have two more seasons of Final Four. If they go to 12, what does that then do? So what happened, this is something that Dennis Dodd has been following, and it turned out that Mac Brown, and what happened was Jim Phillips, the commissioner of the ACC, said to coaches, hey, look, get a gauge from your players. You know, What do they think about a 12-team playoff. And Mac Brown said his players are against it. He said they're kind of 4-6, probably for 8, but they're against 12. And one of their linebackers said, you know, hey, you know, playing 17 games, blah, blah, blah. Okay. First of all, the maximum number of teams that would play 17 games is 2. And in all likelihood... The max number will be 16. Only conference champions can qualify to be in the four. So they'd have the conference title game. You'd have to win it to be a conference champion. 
And the max you're going to play after that for those four teams is going to be three games. So you're only going to get to 16. In all likelihood, if you're an at-large team, you're probably only going to play the max of 16 as well. Why? I'll give you an example. Penn State in 16, 17, 18, and 19 under this format would have made the college football playoff all four years. In 16, they would have been the conference champion, and they would have received the bye, not Ohio State. Ohio State would have had to have hosted a a home game. Penn State as the conference champion would have had the bye. So the max number of games Penn State would have played in that year would have been 16. In 17, 18, and 19, Penn State was not the conference champion. But they also didn't play in the Big Ten championship game either. So once again, even in playing the opening round, they would have gone to the opening round with 12 games under their belt, and the maximum number of games they would have played would be 16. Now, is it possible to play 17? Yeah, it's possible. But don't take the wildest scenario. Don't take the least likely scenario. And keep talking about that. Play 17 games. Now, the max you're going to play is 16 in all likelihood, which, by the way, is one more game than Alabama and Ohio State would have played last year had it been a normal year. Right? When Clemson played Alabama or Clemson played, what, LSU two years ago. The maximum they would have each played would have been 16 games. Okay? That's one more game than the 15 LSU and Clemson each played in 19. And had we had a normal year in 20, Ohio State and Alabama would have been at the maximum 15. Okay? And guess what? As, I guess, a blessing in disguise, so to speak, comes to that, NFL-eligible or wannabe players will therefore be in better shape because of the NFL expanding its schedule. Well, the other, the other, there's another part to it, too. I mean, you're, gonna, you're not going to have guys opting out like the, like the Florida wide receiving core, right? Absolutely. They're not going to be opting out. They're going to play. I mean, the Cotton Bowl, was, was Florida in the Cotton Bowl last year? I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. right. Like, Okay, and their entire wide receiving core is out. You're like, yeah, this is it's a lot of fun. You're not, you're, in all likelihood, you're not going to get opt-outs. You're also coming off a year where everybody lost eight figures in Power Five. Who knows how much money was lost by non-Power Five. But you lost eight figures minimum in Power 5 per school. Everybody needs money. Right now, the college football playoff, on the average, distributes $475 million per year. A 12-team playoff could be worth a billion being distributed per year. And they need the money. 
You need it. Now, they're doing right now a feasibility study on this. Now, there's going to be several questions that need to be asked and answered during the course of this feasibility study. So let's start with TV. ESPN has the exclusive deal. Yeah, the ratings have gone down on it, but my goodness, I mean, you can't imagine ESPN wants to lose this deal. The question is, do you then expand? Does ESPN take the, continue with the exclusive rights? Possible. If they're willing to pay that much money for the NFL and willing to pay that much money for the NBA, and by the way, the NHL now, how much is the college football playoff worth to them? Pretty hefty sum. I mean, it's worth a lot. And I would guess, and this is just a guess on my part, normally these contracts have a an exclusive negotiating window built into them. So you're not bidding against anybody else for a period of whatever it happens to be, weeks, couple months, whatever it is, all right? Where you can go back and forth and you're not being pressured by an outside entity. Or do you end up getting the additional money by splitting it up and doing it in conjunction? Suddenly Fox gets a couple of games, ESPN gets a couple of games, and then finally it gets down to like the final four and... You know, one broadcast network has all the games. Do you do it that way? But ESPN probably has an exclusive negotiating window. And look, I can't imagine that ESPN wants to lose part of this. And you're saying, well, it's a lot of money. But again, you're already paying, what are they paying? $2.7 billion per year for the NFL. Currently, $1.4 billion per year for the NBA. What, you pay a billion dollars a year for the college football playoff? I think it'd be worth it. But that's for me from 30,000 feet. Next is what do you do with the Rose Bowl? That is going to be an interesting decision to be made. The Rose Bowl has always wanted to be January 1, 5 o'clock. In past negotiations, whenever they wanted to move the game, it was a deal-breaker. Um, there are a lot of people in the negotiations that they do not want to be in the tail-wags-the-dog category. Every three years, each one of the New Year's Six Bowls is guaranteed a semifinal. Now, the Fiesta Cotton and Peach have already said straight out they are very much open to being in the at-large category for the quarterfinals if they don't host the semifinal. They've already said that. Now, the Orange Sugar and Rose... We'll see. Okay, opening round will be on campus. 
quarters and semis right now would be okay, and the championship game continues to be on a bit out basis now me as a traditionalist would like to see the Rose Bowl be the championship game but that's just me I 100% agree now that's just me being a traditionalist. There is, I, I will tell you, I've been to three Rose Bowls. I broadcast two. I don't usually get like all caught up in venue, like hey, well, hey well, you know, right? That uh, somebody said to me a, lo- a long time ago. Oh my god, I think I think it was like the first Palestra game where. Penn State was going to play Michigan State, you know, in terms of the, you know, the Big Ten regular season game. I said, great. And somebody said to me, you don't really seem to be all caught up in the venue. I said, well, I've done 30-something games in the Palestra. <laughs> you know. But it is, I'll admit, it is special when you go to Madison Square Garden. And when you walk into the Rose Bowl, it is so cool. Sit that. I remember when Michigan State went to the Rose Bowl. I think they played Stanford. I want to say this is back in fourteen. And Will Teeman, who does Michigan State basketball, was going to go from the Jordan Center, get on a plane, and then he's the host for their football broadcast. And he was going to be flying to Los Angeles to then go to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl. He goes, ah. He looked at me and said, Steve, any advice before I go? I said, yeah. I said, when you get there and you walk into the stadium, take two minutes by yourself. Look at the San Gabriels. Look at the stadium. Look at the field. Just absorb it. I said, it's just it's one of the neatest scenes that you'll ever see in your life. A month later, I saw Will at East Lansing, because it was now Penn State's turn to return to play at Breslin. He came up to me and he said, Steve, best advice you ever could have given me. He said, I went in. He said, I got to Los Angeles about five hours before kickoff. I got into the Rose Bowl about three hours before kickoff. I stood there for two minutes and looked around. He said, he said it just made the whole trip. It just It's that kind of scene. It's really, really cool. Really cool. My I've been a long advocate to, for it. My goal, though, is to now announce one where Penn State wins. <laughs> Come on, let's uh, go. Of course, yes. <laughs> Thought I had it the last time. All right, we'll take a break. Mark Zumoff in the next half hour, the king in the final half hour. And Matt on the phone with his wife explaining about how he forgot about the trip to see her family. Kind of a sad moment for you. I'm sure they're very nice people. Yes, they are. I love them. Oh, nice comeback. Back with more in a moment. <laughs> On News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Now, here's Judge. Man, the breaking ball is hit in the air to yeah. deep left. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. 
Unfortunately, that was a replay of the home run, but it was a good replay. Hmm. Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's on the monitor. Boy, what what to, was I supposed to do? This is a great way to do a game, isn't it? Yep. Yep. I, I, I have no words. Whoops. Well, no. I mean, it's, it's not them. We had, look. You have to do what's best for the fans. What's best for the fans is to have somebody that can be the conduit between the game and the fans. Which means you got to be around the batting cage. Which means you got to have something in front of you. You got to be able to see where all the fielders are. You got to have a feel as to, you know. Same thing in football and basketball, right? The, the fans deserve better than having that happen. John Sterling, I feel awful for. Susan Waldman, I feel awful for. And, uh, and, and she I, had something I, happen to her earlier in the week, and she ha- she was interviewed by the post by the New York Post about it. They're, they've not been happy about the situation for a while. Well, you know, it's, it's not as WFAN doesn't have some coin. They do. Um, but look, it's it's uh, John Shambi. I give John Shambi a lot of credit. He has been very open and very public about putting pressure on the Cubs. Like, hey, guys, we're going on the road, Right. Ironically, the White Sox started going on the road. I mean, I'd, uh, you know, I'll give let's give Greg Brown credit. Greg Brown has been going to games that he can drive to for the Pirates, so he's driven to Detroit. He's driven to Cincinnati, and so I mean, games that he can drive to, he's been driving to to do the game. I mean, I give Greg a lot of credit. I like Greg a lot personally. Anyway, I think Greg's a really good announcer. But I give him a lot of credit for doing that. As you, as you know, I drove down to Virginia Tech last year. <laughs> exactly. Who Dick and I? Dick Dick's trip was further than mine. So I want to tell you that Dick Girardi's trip was further than mine. But Jack last year, Jack Jack drove to Indiana. Jack drove to Ann Arbor. Jack drove to State College, and the two of us drove together to Rutgers. So the only time Jack flew last year was to Nebraska. So, I mean, Jack did that, too. It's like, in other words, because that's how committed and how strongly we feel about, look, we've got to be there to give. You're trying to do this for the fans, to give them the best that you have. And I feel bad for John Sterling and Susan Waldman. Well, one of the best in the business, period is Mark Zumoff, who's announced his retirement. He talks to us next on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.